When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We can't be friends, Hello. Be family. Hello. Welcome back. Hour two, everybody. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. It's time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. And Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This is the beat. Alrighty. Ozzy Osbourne, ever heard of him? Mm. <laughs> He's got a new song out called Patient, no- Patient Number Nine. Which we sampled on Friday when it was new music, and it's cool. We like it's it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, anyway, he is a protector of bats. Now, everybody knows him for, like, remember, he first he bit the head off of a dove, I believe. Then somebody threw a rubber bat at him in concert, and he, well, he thought it was a rubber bat. It turned out to be a live bat, and he bit the head off of that. Then he had to go through a whole series of rabies shots. So people think he's, you know, a bat hater. He's not. Not bad. He's just on drugs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that might explain a lot of crime. Right? He didn't really hate that guy. He's, He's on, on drugs. drugs, so we hit him with a crowbar. Right. Well, Ozzy um, is now, I guess, he's a bat dad. He's applied to install bat boxes at his UK mansion to protect the creatures of the night. I didn't know you had to apply. You, anybody could put bat houses out, right? They help with mosquitoes. Oh, God, if I had a dollar for every time. I'm just saying. Every and then time. I think... I'm pretty sure last week then you ended up, we started talking about rabies and how you, there's really no cure. And um, and I think that you said at one point in your bat hate speech that all bats have rabies. I and didn't. then someone I emailed was, us no, and I said, read, hey. No, no. I read an email from someone that says all bats have rabies, blah, blah, blah. Then we got another email another saying, email. Donna, no, they don't. And I'm like, I didn't say uh, they did. I was just reading somebody's emails. Well, I teamed up with they... the second emailer. I was like, I don't know why she does that. That's fine. Anyway, they're used to protect bats and their pups from predators and cold temperatures. Yes, baby bats are called pups. And if you have a bat problem, you can't do it. You can't get rid of them in early spring, I believe, until after baby season is over because it's cruel. You, you're, it's illegal oh. to kill a bat. Okay. 
Gotcha. Um, I got my wife a uh, for mosquitoes. If you don't want to get bats, because you know if you're sitting out on the patio and it's like, hey guys, anybody notice no mosquitoes? But you say that to your guests while you're all under the table because of the low flying bats. Yep. Maybe you haven't solved the problem. I bought my wife something that I think is so stupid sounding. People were talking about it a month ago. Everybody else except for me thought great idea. It is a tennis racket. Got this at uh, Home Depot. A tennis racket. You put batteries in it, and when you push a button on the side of the tennis racket handle. It ignites the electrical components within the racket, and then you can like swat mosquitoes, flies, gnats with it, and then so it's essentially a handheld. Remember the old bug lights that people used to have on their porches? Yes. It's a handheld version of that. Now, if you have small children, which we do, we're already game planning. Where would we put this? How do we make sure it's a very low voltage thing enough to kill a mosquito, not a child? Or a dog. Is it or like anything a paddle? Like you said tennis racket. So think of a tennis racket. So it's got the netting like that. The netting is metal, oh. and will electrocute the bugs. Okay. Or you could just. And spray. I was making fun of it when I heard it. I thought this is the most hillbilly thing. No, but the spray, Donna, is that's that's one form. I got mosquito spray. This is if you're sitting out and you're like, why? Where are these bugs coming from? Instead of trying to fly swat it or clap and get it. You just, like Thor, you're wielding this giant, death-defying, electrocutable tennis racket. Sounds like a terrible time outside. You know, they also <laughs> have, though, is um, what looks like a heater, but it's the it's a mosquito-repellent thing. You know, it's like on a pole mm-hmm. that people put on their patios. You know what I'm talking about? No, Queen. I think it looks like a heater. They sell them at Costco, I think. Like a thermocell? Say more about that. It's like it's butane powered, and it it uh, heats up like this uh, coil that you know uh, emits a mosquito repellent. Yeah, I think so. I'll you know, the that. problem I have with the bug light thing, and my brother in law got some version of it, is it feels like you're creating a problem that you can then solve. Which is when you have a bug light, you're attracting the bugs to it. And I feel like I want the bugs to stay as far away as possible. Should we just Gutentag this phone call? It's always oh, a risk. I think we should. Uh, but let's give it a whirl here. <clears throat> Hello, Gutentag. You are on the Donna and Steve radio show live on the air. Who's this? Um, this is Nancy. Hey, Nancy. It's a pleasure to talk with you. What's on your mind? Um, I have one of those tennis racket things. <laughs> and? I absolutely love it. But I'm going to tell you, don't touch the inside. So how bad would you say the shock is when you accidentally touch one of those metal parts of the netting? Um, it's shockingly painful. And it fried <laughs> the skin off of my thumb, like next to the thumbnail. And I did this a year ago. And the skin still doesn't grow right in that spot. I always have to trim it back. Imagine oh what you're word. doing to the bugs. What's mm. that? I said, imagine what you're doing to those little bugs. That's okay. Because that I'm, is right. I'm, that is okay. I'm terribly allergic to bees, like deathly allergic, so I'm always walking around swatting things, and it kind of gives me that satisfaction. You know, this is similar to Nancy. Thank you so much for the call. Yeah, my wife was all excited. I thought, I was like, this is the most hillbilly thing, and she was like, I want one. And then I randomly saw one and thought, I'm just going to get this for her. Um, there's also the salt gun that you can do for if you have house flies that are a problem and you've been chasing them around with a fly swatter. It's this salt gun. You shoot it, and it emits all of these granules or grains, whatever you want to call them, of salt, and then it kills the fly because it like does like a mass shoot. Instead of like having to like exactly get the dead aim right on the fly, so it shoots a, a rain cloud of it. Essentially, this is in your house. 
I don't have this. You can you, but you people would use this in their house. So you're spraying yes. salt in your house. You're shooting salt, mm. but to kill the flies. Donna, life is all about which thing do you bugs you more or less. Okay, I'm just asking. Well, you've never had a house fly. I mean, you're really yes, coming at I us from Francis. the castle. Remember? Yeah. Okay, but I remember you adopted him as a pet. It was a weird time in your life. So if I bust out a fly swatter, your heart probably breaks a little bit. Not really, because there okay. was a time, you know how in every horror movie, like flies come around, it's like, that means like, yeah. you know, Satan is nearby. <laughs> so every time I would go to my cabin, there would be like flies, like dead flies, alive oh. flies. I'm like, where are all these flies coming from? Only to find out like three years later, there was a dead squirrel under my couch. None of these repellents have to do with this? When, just trust me, whenever you see a scary devil movie, like flies will start coming around the doors and it's like, anybody, can I get a witness? I mean, I'd like to I'm isolate Rocco's audio, though. The genuine question, what does Satan have to do with this? I'd like that, I'd like that isolated. Oh, the time that Donna found out that no matter the repellent, none of them could overcome the attractant that was a rotting squirrel's carcass under her couch. Who knew? For three years, friends. Yep. Um, Maybe longer. He was kind of petrified. He wasn't like, he was partially decomposing, but not completely. Thank you. Could I not come to your cabin sometime? It's very clean and very lovely. Just the one time the squirrel got in, I never found him. I had neighbors come over and help me look. The only place we didn't look was under the couch. One time. <laughs> one They're time. labeled for life. That's right. Uh, when uh, we return, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Stranger Things Volume, wait. Yeah. Stranger Things, Volume 4, Part 2. There you go. Coming out in just a few days. Some questions that people are hoping Part 2 will answer. We'll dig into that little Stranger Things chatter when we return. It's Don and Steve on My Talk. Appreciate you listening to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. It's us, Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson. We're joined by producer DJ Rock Lobster. He's putting out that mustard vibe today too. He's got a little uh, yellow checkered shirt on. Did you Did you hear what uh, the guy said to me yesterday? No, please tell us. Oh, uh, we, we said who the guy is. So the guy is the guy working on our uh, renovation here. Yeah, he's a painter. He's a, a young man. Very he's cute. very friendly. He has questions about radio. Yeah, and he's curious about the space. Yeah, yesterday was my turn in the box. He said, "Hey, man, you do radio stuff." I'm like, yeah, you know, I make the commercials and stuff. And he's like, uh, I was, are you from here? And I said, yeah, I'm from like St. Paul, you know, live in Minneapolis. He's like, yeah, because your shirts, man, your shirts are kind of coastal. I kind of figured, you know, <gasps> you were the kind of guy that was not from here. Dude. Kind of coastal. So I was thinking about it. Like, am I like. You're a coastal guy. Yeah, Seattle, you put on a coastal Kind of coastal. You know. Yes. Uh, yes. Baltimore. You know what? No, 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 no. Not no. Baltimore. Definitely not. <laughs> you are Portlandia. Okay, good. You right. are. Everything is just too cool for the room. Yep. If it's mainstream, you hate it. You've got the hair. You've got the beard. You are Fred Armisen from Portlandia. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might get a shirt that just says kind of coastal. 
I like it. I'm gonna start oh, you could go to Coastal now. Foods. Oh, you're right. I did go there like the other day. I just went there the other day. You should have oh, looked for yeah. a t-shirt. It's a good idea. Baby. I bought some coastal. swordfish. But, yeah. but he's a little preppy what? today, Rocco. Is. He yeah, it's not very coastal today. What's going on? Wait, you bought swordfish? Yeah. Did you cook that, the whole thing? or is it? Did you that. mount it on the wall? <laughs> no, I cooked it. It was pretty good. Did it have like the, the sauce? No, no, it was just filleted. You know. Okay, all right. Thanks for asking. Boy. You're welcome. You are coastal. Kind of coastal. You imagine you put the whole thing on your grill, but it still has the saw nose, and it's like hanging out. You close the whole grill lid, and the saw blade is still hanging out. <laughs> That's funny. Very cartoon-like. Okay, guys. Uh, we're just a few days away from the last two super long episodes of Stranger Things 4. Yes. And there are some questions that people want answered. So let me give you an example. Here's the important ones. Is one, is one of our heroes going to die? If so, who? You know, great question. That's what Lou and I realized. We said, you know, no one's died since, you know, Barb died season one. Bob was the new Barb in season two. And oh, since then, Bob. Yeah. now now Billy, Billy died in season three, but... The heroes, the people that, you know, they bring these token characters in for you to develop slight attachment for, and then they go away. But now there's the core group that has remained, and I think that's a fair question. Well, somebody did an interview where they said, people are going to die, man. And then someone else said, hey, why are you saying that? They're like, well, I didn't say who. So, anyway, will it be... I mean, people are already attached to the newer characters, like the Eddie guy... Robin, Eddie's great, yeah. Even Murray, but see, Murray Eddie can is, go. Take Murray. Eddie's predictable as to who they would kill off. Just there for a season, you develop some affinity for them, and then they they go. But if you really want to Shonda Rhimes this thing, you find a main player. But they can't. It's not going to be any of the kids, right? Mm. Maybe Steve could die. God, I hope not. He's the most lovable character. Wait, is this the final episode? No, there's going to be a season five, which will be the final. All right, then they're not going to take any major characters. Don't tell them what they can or can't do. Okay, I'm sorry I blew up. Uh, Here's another question. Does anyone know Nancy's favorite song? She was, you know, in the evil clutches of Vecna. Yes. And we know that the only way the spell can be broken is by a person's favorite song. So who's going to know it? Is it going to be Steve or is it going to be Jonathan? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, her yeah, current she, boyfriend, but now she's kind of like feeling the things for Steve again. Yes, because, because of the hair. Well, she broke up with Steve when he was kind of being a jerk. Season one, Bullying, Steve was yeah. the punk, and now I mean, tell me, name three characters that you love more than Steve. I'll hang up and listen. He's just um, lovable. Eleven, sure. Robin, sure. And Hopper's even getting on my nerves. I'll take Hopper out. Oh, gosh. I like Eddie. Eddie's cool. This is like when you tried to kill off Toby and this is us. Toby's got the goby. You yeah. started a movement. Well, you terrible. flip on people. Sorry. All right, I got some other questions. Uh, will Papa double cross 11? That's a good question. You know who I think could die? Who? I don't think it's going to be any of the core group. Not yet. Next season, there's no way they all get out of this alive. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, This A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. But uh, Paul, Paul Reiser's character, character I, I think it. he sees an end coming here in the next two episodes. Whereas Matthew Modine will prevail until the final He's so season. gross. I hate his character. Modine? He, yes. He's just disgusting. I hate him. Papa. Ick. So gross. Anyway, Anna, the juice plans. I know, Papa. Will Eleven gain new powers? Uh, Dr. Owens, a.k.a. Paul Reiser, has suggested that she would be even more powerful when she regained them. Yes. You know, will she pick up any new talents? Like Flight. ESPN, ESPN, I almost said ESP. Uh, Every time Eleven goes to strike somebody instead of the blood coming out of the nose, now you just hear, dun-dun, dun-dun, Will she get revenge on mean old Angela? You know, the one Um, I would say she already did with the roller skate. Don't you think we're even now? Yeah, slam a roller skate in someone's face, probably. say, yeah, all of it's even. Okay, and then finally, here's my question. Does Will actually have a crush on Mike? Oh, sure. And what did Will paint for him? What's on the painting? Yes, Quinn. What is on the painting? Well, we get to see it. So those are all the unanswered questions. So enjoy, what, four hours of the rest of Stranger Things? Well, listen, we're screwed over here. Because my brother and sister-in-law are going to be staying with us. Oh. And they have not, they're not caught up. And so it's not like you can have house guests over and say, excuse us, we're going to go upstairs and watch a two-hour show. What if you just, if it's bedtime and everyone's like, good night. Bedtime happens late when they're here. Oh, man. What a bummer. I know I'm bummed. Nine o'clock, lights out. (laughs) Good day. Hey, let's play a game. All right. We'll play it at 10.30 a.m. 651-641-1071 is the number to call. College of Pop Culture Knowledge. We'll all find out the topic together, but you can call Bet on Me or Donna. Bet on the right person. Win a prize. 651-641-1071. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. It's 10.30. And every day we play a little game that I tend to lose. So let's change that today. Time to go to college. college, college, college. It's time to attend... The College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host. DJ Rock Lobster. Lobster. I want to see how smart you are. I do want to see how smart you are. Um, you guys probably already knew that it's Mel Brooks's birthday today. Oh, of course. But yes. I'm not going to be 90s. teasing you. Six? Uh, maybe. Um, we'll find out later at about five o'clock today because. Wow. Here we go. I'll be quizzing Lori and Julia on the films of uh, Birthday Boy Mel Brooks. But today at 10.30 a.m., I'm going to be quizzing you two on famous Alaskans for Alaska Day. Huh. Oh, huge fan of Alaska. Yeah. If you can take an Alaska cruise before you die... I promise you, you will not regret it. You know, the I beauty a, will bring you to your knees. I had a boyfriend who drove out to Alaska. 
by himself. <laughs> you you have that effect on someone. It was man. before I met him. <laughs> okay. I once heard a fellow student in college, and when I went to college in California, say that he drove down from Alaska. I thought he was joking because I didn't think it was attached <laughs> to North America. That happened publicly. Anyways, on the phone is Renee. She. Uh, it's how they draw the maps that makes it difficult. It looks like an island. You know what? I'll agree with you on that, Steve. Okay, cool. Thanks. All right, Rocco. Renee's on the phone. She's going to Rocco. See, Are we keeping uh, you from Lori and Julia? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I got to work on those descriptions of Mel Brooks films. Tune in about 5.05 today. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Renee's going to choose whether she thinks Donna or Steve knows more about famous people from Alaska. And we'll talk to her first. And it goes like this. Hi. Hi. I'm going to go with Steve. Oh, okay. Don't waste any time. Renee. Renee. Renee, you didn't even give me a chance. To develop a rapport with you. Renee, we like to ask questions first. You're very transactional right now. And darn it, we're about to hang up on you. Isn't that right, Rocco? No, I like it. Okay, fine. Renee, what are you doing next in your day? What's happening next? Um, well, today's my one-year anniversary. Oh! And I'm, I'm sitting here eating Dairy Queen cake that my husband bought for me. So, Oh, my God, that's the best. Is it ice cream cake? Yes. It better uh, be. What, why would you ever go to... I don't know. Do they only sell ice cream cakes? I think so. All right, don't get yeah. mad, Donna. Rocco, you do okay? you like ice cream cakes? Yeah, I do. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye. Donna's leaving now. I'm sorry, Renee. Donna sometimes kind of ruins the vibe a little bit. I can still hear you. Oh, sorry. Hello, Donna. Good to hear you. She does blow up a lot. She does, yes. And then she just apologizes, and I have to forgive her, and it's fine. Okay. Uh, The topic again is Alaska. Tune in for a gripping Mel Brooks quiz today at 5 on Lori and Julia. All right, Rocco. Um, Yeah, uh, well, here we go. I'm going to ask you some questions about famous people from Alaska. There really aren't that many, so you're going to pretty much get all three of them. Um, We'll start with this one. The first five seasons of The Girls Next Door centered around Hugh Hefner's then-girlfriends, Bridget Marquard, Kendra Wilkinson, and what former Alaskan? Oh, brother. Kendra Wilkinson is the only one I know. I interviewed her. She was very nice. Um, I don't know, pass. What was the name of the 12 times platinum debut album by native Alaskan singer-songwriter Jewel? What was the name of the album? Donna's yes. going to get that. Um, crap. Uh, self-titled, Jewel. A name a reality show that a Palin appeared on. Say it again. Uh, that A Palin appeared yes. on. Um, Survivor. <laughs> Alaska, kind of an obscure topic. It's okay. Maybe Renee can Maybe help Renee you. is super well-versed in Alaska quasi-celebrities. Renee, we bring you in. Let's go through all three questions. Yes. Uh, the Girls Next Door, I think that was on, what, E? It's about the Playmates. Yes, yes. Um, Hugh Hefner's then-girlfriends, Bridget Marquard, Kendra Wilkinson, and what former Alaskan? I don't remember. Okay, fine. What was the name of the 12 times platinum debut album by native Alaskan singer-songwriter Jewel? Jewel. Okay. Yeah, okay. And name a reality show that, uh, you know, one of the Palins appeared on. I know she was on Saturday Night Live. That's the only thing I can think of. It's not a reality show, but I know she was on that. At this point, I might take it. 
Um, we'll take where no, no, let's get let's stick with uh let, instead of Survivor, why don't we go Big Brother or maybe um Duck Dynasty or <laughs> or um oh gosh, Celebrity Apprentice. Did I already say that? Let's do Celebrity Apprentice. Okay. I don't all right, whatever, Renee. Whatever. Okay, Renee, is... you're gonna lose. Happy anniversary. All right, Donna, let's bring her back in here. Yeah. And the Come thing on, is, the thing is I forgot to bring up, maybe uh Renee would have tried harder. Because if she does win, she can win a pair of tickets to Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Oh no. Wednesday, July thirteenth at AMC Rosedale fourteen. I don't know anything about it. I'll Google it. But it's a movie in a movie theater. Boom! Mrs. That's all Harris we need. Oh, goes to Paris. Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be difficult. Hi, Hello. hi, Donna. Hey, guys. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Is about uh, a widowed cleaning lady who falls in love with a couture Dior dress. Something, something raises the funds, changes her life. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. AMC Rosedale. Okay, Don, are you ready for these questions about famous Alaskans? Okay. Starts with this one. The first five seasons of The Girls Next Door centered around Hugh Hefner's then-girlfriends, Bridget Marquard, Kendra Wilkinson, and what former Alaskan? Um, pass. What was the name of the 12 times platinum debut album by native Alaskan singer-songwriter Jewel? What was the name of the album? In oh, that's Garth Brooks. Something pieces. Let's just pieces of you, pieces of me, pieces. Is that your answer? It's one pieces? of those three. It's pieces. Okay. And name a reality show that a Palin appeared on. <sighs> oh, um, uh, six uh, Dancing with the Stars. Ooh. No, that Rocco. Might be a winner right there. But Rocco, you yes. remember what Amy told us? Yes. I hit it right on the buzzer. The buzzer? <laughs> it was the tail end of the buzzer. And dance with this heart. Do you want to rewind? Uh, I don't know. No. Do you have to complete the phrase by the time that the bell rings? I like that. Or I you do, it was... just, just have to start it before the bell rings. If you have to start it, she definitely got it in. I think. If you had to complete it, for sure not. If only she would have said pieces of you for the second one, we wouldn't even That's need why to I'm have bringing this, this up. That's why I'm bringing this up. <sighs> Let's go through it. Uh, the one, the, the girl next door you all were forgetting was Holly Madison, mm. raised in Alaska. Yeah, great. Uh, the Jewel <laughs> album was called Pieces of You. Donna at one point said it and then backed off of it. Because mm. that damn timer is very scary. Um... Dancing with the Stars, you're right. I believe Bristol Palin was part of it. Um, Sarah Palin also hosted a show. She was on The Masked Singer. On uh, behalf of our listener, Rocco. Stop talking about Sarah Palin? No. Okay, no, I no. will. No, on behalf of our listener, Renee Ney, yeah. who is playing with us today, yeah. I think that the people, the listeners, want this to go to... Overtime. Why Since she didn't get it in before the buzzer ended. The big show I was, you know, hoping you guys would uh, remember, our nation remembers, was Sarah Palin's Alaska. I think it was on TLC. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
There was also uh, one with the daughter and the life's a trip or Play something. Or 16 and pregnant. I've said way more about the Palin family. Uh, yeah, let's just I get to overtime. Overtime. Let's, do it. Come let's, on. let's bring Renee back. We want her to go see Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris at AMC Rosedale 14. But first, you're going to have to tell me who's singing this song about. Uh, what are we going with? Our 49th or 50th state, Alaska? And don't ask us that. Alaska! One of our 50. Neil Diamond. I was a child Neil Diamond. Steve. Neil Diamond. Steve. Neil John Denver? John Denver. Oh, good one. You got it. Renee is going to see Mrs. See, now this Harris is what we're happy Paris. about. Renee Ooh. gets to go. Yeah, but I, I don't get the point. That sucks. You really You can it. take your honey, Renee. I will. I will take him. Hey, I love that. Renee, we Fe- love you. feed him a piece of cake tonight. I will. All right. Bye. <laughs> See you, Renee. Sorry. Rocco Thank doesn't you. even know what the score is. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, at one point it was 21 17, Steve. I, just, I and mean, what? So, I fell off okay. the trolley. Fine. What do we want the rule to be moving forward? We did that for Renee. We, we could do whatever we want to the score. But should it be that you have to start or you have to get, I think you have to get the answer in. Because I could see one of us abusing the system, both of us. I mean, like I uh, the circus. If you say it on the buzzer, you should get it. But right? it, what if you stop talking after the buzzer? Which, if we played it back, I feel like it happened after the buzzer. I'm going to listen. All right, to listen, break. you guys. I will go with whatever you think is right. All you would have had to do is that audio. Not mix up Neil Diamond and John Denver, and you would have nailed this one. <laughs> Or if you would have got the Jewel one, right? Well, because I was so seeing close. her album, and then I was then Garth Brooks has an album called oh, yes. In Pieces, okay. I believe. Oh. And then she's got pieces of you. I ET8 Reese's pieces. Yes. Oh yeah. And... After Eminem's passed on the opportunity for product placement, I don't think they regret it. They're still doing quite well. What do you? But it was do? a big one for Reese's pieces. Remember his ET's little fingers? No, they weren't little. They were long. Listen, are we all going to go see E.T. in the theater? When is I it? I can't because... 1982? Guys, it's coming for the 40th anniversary. I think you had the story. Maybe. Because I listen that? to your dirt alerts all the time. My wife uh, showed the E.T. to my son a few years back, and it was kind of uh, just, you know, sad and uh, disturbing. It scared me. When I first watched it, I was five years old, and I remember it scared me, but I, I, but I really... Like it. And there are some very funny parts, and it is a rather emotional story, too. I think that there's a lesson to be learned that not everything that appears to be scary is scary. Yes. You know, like, yeah, he looks scary, but guess what? He's lovable. And My, uh, Elliot loved him. That's a pretty good E.T., though. Thanks, man. My first um, Google search indicated that the 35th anniversary... It's the 40th. Yeah, so August twelfth is when ET ago. is going to be back in theaters. August twelfth, good job. I'm, Jaws will be in theaters September second. That'll be good too. Both films will be in IMAX for the first time, Ooh. and Jaws will be in real D three D. I don't know if Jaws scary. is going to hold up what? the way ET is. It's just that the shark looks so fake. If you go back and look at it. Yeah, we've seen Sharknado now. Unless they go back and digitally (laughs) fix it. How can you go back after you see Sharknado? Yeah. I mean, it jumped the shark. (laughs) Let's take a break. When we come back, I have a tip for everybody. All right. We were talking about how rare good listeners are. Think during the break. 
just so that you can position yourself here, who's like the best listener you know? When you have a story to share, something that you want to tell somebody, who's an excellent listener? I think I have a tip for how we could all do this one little thing and then suddenly be better conversationalists. We'll dig into that. Rocco watched Dark Winds. God only knows what that is. We'll learn about it. When we come back, all that next. Good morning. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. We're joined by DJ Rock Lobster. Clomp, clomp, clomp. Clomp, clomp, clomp. Clomp, clomp. For the people. Uh, all right, where do we begin? Uh, Steve wants to talk about becoming we, a better conversationalist or a listener, whatever. I would love it if you would really tune into this next segment, Donna. Could we do this as tipsy, please? Could we make it official? All right, all right. For the love. Time for a tip. Time for a tip. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. 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 Oh, I forget how we got on this topic last night at dinner. I was over at my sister's house. French dip. Thank you so much. That's what we had. It was delicious. And uh, we were having a conversation about conversations, about listening, interrupting, all of that kind of stuff. So, Donna, I've told you about the book before that we almost illegally started to read on the air. Uh, We were going to do it like 50 days in a row, all 50 chapters. Turns out there are copyright laws that prohibit you, Bob. (laughs) I was going to read a chapter of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff every day. And um, one of the chapters in that book talks about interrupting people. And we were mentioning how when you read that book, and I cannot recommend that book any higher. It's a quick read. Put it in your bathroom. It's an easy bathroom read. What's great about it is it informs you of all these little changes that you can make. And it really will help you to, like, de-stress your blood pressure to come down. On the other hand... It also makes you very aware of, because you'll become self-aware of things that you do, and you'll also become aware of things that other people do. So, for instance, with interrupting people in conversation, after you read the chapter about it and how he articulates the feeling that you get when you are talking to someone who is not allowing you to finish your thoughts and is jumping in, it ruins the rhythm of the conversation. Your blood pressure starts to go up. You start to get a little bit tense. You don't ease into conversation because it's not one person talking and the other person listening and waiting to then follow up. So it's a double-edged sword because you will start to notice all sorts of things like that. There's a great bit, Donna, about traffic, about how we are <laughs> in the car, um, which... Good. It really helped me, though, and I think it has helped me to just, like, calm down when I see, you know, b-holes all around me just swerving in and out. One of the things that they uh, that my brother was saying was suggested was waiting five seconds after somebody finishes telling you something before following up. Now, my sister Janie hears this. She's like, no way. That's too awkward. And she said, listen, if you give me that space, I will fill the space with something else. I have more to say, and I will start saying it. Five seconds is too long. Here's what I think is a great tip that could help, because um, I was talking with someone recently about someone who really was struggling conversationally, just a ton of interrupting. And the person was telling me how you just started to feel after a while, like, oh, my gosh, all they're doing is interrupting me or just going off on their own tangent. What you need to learn to do, what I need to learn to do, is 
after somebody tells you something, it can be anything, mm-hmm. long story, short story, ask one follow-up question, just one follow-up question Okay. about what they just told you. Because here's what happens. Usually, it's a conversational tug of war. And Donna, not a lot of people do this. Let's pay attention. Not a lot of people do this. Conversation becomes a tug of war. You tell somebody something, and at worst, they interrupt you, and you feel like you can't even finish the point of what you were telling them because they're just so gosh darn excited to tell you whatever they got to tell you. Or they think they're doing better and adding to the conversation, but often they're just hijacking it when you say, oh, blah, 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 just happened to my family. And then what they first do is tell you their own parallel story that they think is complementing your story, when in reality, it's ending your story and going off on their own tangent. Oh, well, that's your story. Well, here's my story. And it's okay to get to that. But if you just instead, the tip of the day, ask one follow-up question about what the person just said. They will feel much more interested in. They will feel much more heard. You will then learn a little bit more color to whatever whatever it is. And then if after that question, you say, oh, you know what? I have something that sort of relates to that. And then you tell your parallel story. It feels less like a tug of war because you've asked at least one follow-up question about the thing that they said. But notice in conversation. How many times you tell a story and how often either A, somebody interrupts you. We all, A lot of us notice that. But notice how often the other person just tells you their own parallel story instead of actually asking you a follow-up question. Don't interrupt me, Donna. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Um, What brought up this conversation? I cannot remember. See what I did there, Rocco? I asked a question. Well, that was good. Thank that you. was really good. I chose I to not interrupt um, out of respect for Steve. <laughs> I think he was done. That's why I okay. asked the follow-up Yeah, question. and she even raised her hand, which I really encourage you not to do if you are in the same room with the person. <laughs> um, but that's when he mentioned the five seconds, we're all like, that's too weird to let it hang out there. But he said what you're trying to do with something that extreme is you're, you're trying to break the habit of interrupting someone. And so you say, I won't talk until after they're done talking. And then you add this pregnant pause. I think that's too much. I think you do those two things. Don't talk until they've finished talking. And if you just get in the habit of always asking one follow-up question. Which you haven't answered yet. It would be great. No, I cannot remember what it was. There was a conversation that was sort of ping-ponging all around. And somehow the art of conversation came up within that conversation. Got it. Um, but it was interesting. But I, I there... Listen, I won't say a name. You think I'm the same? I just say a name. I have one particular person in my life who I think routinely is a delightful um, talker. You want to hear this person's story. But if you share with this person, they will not ask a follow-up question. They will just tell you their own parallel story, which usually then just gets them on their own stream of consciousness about other stories attached to that. That's where... Being a good conversationalist and being a conversation hijacker, there's kind of a fine line between the two. I'll hang up and listen. So is your tip get the book? No, no. (laughs) The tip is very simple. Um, Get in the habit of asking one follow-up question when somebody tells you something. That's great. I like that. Now let's experience five seconds together, okay? If you were to do a five-second pause, it would go like this. Back. That's outlandish. That's way long. When I see my brother, I'm going to Will Smith him today. I'm going to walk right up and smack him. You know, I don't... Is that too much? Yeah, that might be a little too much. He might have follow-up questions. Um, <laughs> or or follow-up, you know, moves. Right. I counter. I, um, 
I I think we're more self-aware when it comes to time because I could run to the bathroom and come back because we work in this business. We're mm-hmm. very aware of time. So when you said five seconds, I was like, what are you talking about? That's like a minute when right. you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go to the bathroom and come back in less than a minute, 40 seconds. You know what? I'm going to double down. All right. You got me thinking in this direction. Let's tell everybody. Go get the book. That's a book recommendation. Don't sweat the small stuff. I believe the author has since passed away. Um, But it's a great book. And while we're at it, The Last Lecture, written by a former Carnegie Mellon University professor, is wonderful as well. There's also a documentary on that story as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Really Uh, So there you go. The last lecture, and don't sweat the small stuff. Add it to your reading or watching list. When we come back, a dirt alert from DJ Rock Lobster.